Hello and welcome to the Ed Armstrong podcast, a podcast of inspiration and hope. I am so excited to have you guys with me and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. Enjoy the show, guys. Hello and welcome back to the Ed Armstrong podcast. This is episode three of the Ed Armstrong podcast. <laughs> um, it's good to be back. Thank you so much for the love on the last episode. Look, I start with the same stuff every time. You're going to get used to it. Um, but I appreciate it. Any, I've had lovely reviews. I'm currently five stars, five out of five. Currently 10 ratings and they're all very nice. One of them, one of them is my own. Now, listen, I know what you're thinking. What kind of guy, <laughs> what kind of guy reviews his own pod? I know it is embarrassing. And if you go on and look, you'll see Eddie Armstrong one has commented great podcast what a man five stars now listen it wasn't completely uh <laughs> i wasn't really okay there was a little bit of you know you gotta love your own work if you don't love your own work who else will there's a little bit of that but the main reason was to see if these reviews were coming through i'll be honest 50 50 60 40 um just wanted to give myself a review. But no, the truth is a lot of people were writing saying, Ed, I've reviewed it. I've given you five stars. It's amazing, but I can't see it. it hasn't come through. So I needed to test it, didn't I? So I tested it. And then I was scrolling through and I was like, this is pretty embarrassing. The Ed Armstrong podcast is a comment by Eddie Armstrong one. And I justified it. I said, look, that could be, you know, I was thinking of the person looking at the reviews. I thought this could be just his cousin or something. Eddie, you know, Eddie Armstrong one cousin family brother even no i wouldn't it wouldn't be brother would it ed and eddie that would be poor parenting um i digress uh but i just wanted to share that with you uh because it's pretty embarrassing and i can't get rid of it maybe i can i just don't want to but i haven't tried hard enough to get rid of it but anyway so many apart from the eddie armstrong one review i've had some lovely reviewers so thank you i've had some lovely five star five stars and uh we're bloody climbing. We're climbing up the ladder and we're going global. So it's phenomenal. Um, what are we going to talk about today on today's episode? Let's get bloody to it. Now, I was thinking long and hard about this because, look, I'll be honest. I'm just going to be honest. No script. Classic, classic Ed. Um, I want this to be a journey, this podcast. Now, I realize it can't always be a journey because I'm writing my own journey now as we speak aren't I um but I did want it to be a journey hence the uh the start of the podcast who is at Armstrong part one and two and then into the therapy episode I want it to kind of be a journey from there because it's a sign of my growth you know over the years and I don't want to just straight I don't want to get straight into the um you know more um mindset practices per se too early right I want to keep you keep you on the journey of from sort of who I am, why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm here, why I feel like I should be on a podcast and why you should even be listening. Um, and then to a bit more of the dark day, a bit more of the mental health challenges and then into overcoming that stuff and then dealing with it each and every day. And then I want it to be a growth and a journey as we go through the episodes each week. Um, but as I say, so I, so I don't want to just now jump in straight to, you know, some some more general topics. I want to keep going with a bit more of the journey. But as I say, I realize we're going to get to a point where I'm up to today. And then what is what does Ed do today? And how does Ed deal with 
his days. And when I'm there, when we're ready for that, we'll get into those things. And we'll talk about a lot of the, the good stuff, the practices I use. Um, and then we'll get our guests on as soon as I figure out how to get a guest on. Still haven't figured that out. But um, so, yeah, so today I wanted to continue that journey with you. And I was thinking long, long and hard about how I'm going to do that. How am I going to get from therapy to the next episode? And look, I'll be honest, I'm writing this as I go. Uh, I'm figuring this out as I go. I've got my my plan of how I want it to, to come across, but I'd be lying if I said I had every episode ready to go and perfectly um, planned out and edited for you all. I'll be honest, I'm in here today. It's Wednesday afternoon. Wasn't really feeling doing a podcast the last two days, but I thought, you know what? I said I'm going to do one a week and I'm going to stick to that promise or one every 10, 10 days at the very least. Um, and uh, And yeah, so I was like, I'm going to go in and just talk about something I want to talk about. And there's a good little lesson for you there. Underlying lesson. I'm always giving lessons on this pod, even episode three, that don't wait for the perfect time to start. Just, just, just do it. Just learn as you go, adapt as you go, have your idea, have your plan, but ultimately take action on it. And I'm sure that'll be a later episode in itself about how action cures fear or something like that will get a nice catchy title for you but you see my point so I'm just in here in the studio today and uh, I wanted to just yeah as I say bring it on from the next episode so hopefully you enjoyed the last episode of um, all about therapy and and my little experiences over the years with therapy Um, and so today I wanted to continue that and share with you a little bit more detail without going into too much detail a bit more about the kind of diagnosis but also a little bit more about the topic of anxiety and even depression, because again, massive topics. I know, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, oh, mate, when are you going to give us a nice, fun, loving, happy episode? Because I can see you now, you got the dishes out, you're ready for a nice, fun, loving episode. And I bring out the D word. Stop it. Not that deep. Stop it. The, the depression word and the anxiety word. Okay. Big topics. I know what you're thinking. And again, we're going to have some fun with it as well, because you know me, you know me by now. I like to talk about the deep stuff, the real stuff, but also have a bit of fun with it as well. Because if we don't laugh, if we can't have a bit of a laugh with it and a bit of a joke with it, we'll just cry. And, you know, there's been enough of that over the years. So we don't want it to just be too intense. But I do want to talk about some big topics. And today's topics are anxiety and depression. And the truth is, because that was kind of my, I don't even love the word, but diagnosis after therapy. And I don't want to go into so much about that because I mean, that's an hour episode in itself. But nonetheless, it was a form of, I well, I'm going to say severe anxiety, right? It definitely was. And my lovely therapist, uh, God bless him, if you're listening. Thank you. Um, I won't say his name. Uh, I'll save that for his episode. It was a form of anxiety. And I had no idea because again, Firstly, before we start, disclaimer, not a therapist, just a coach, just sharing my experiences with you, not a psychologist, just sharing my experiences with you about what I believe anxiety is, was for me. And hopefully some of you will be listening going, yeah, wow, I can relate to that. I can relate to that, Ed. Whether you've got anxiety on the spectrum as far as on a scale, let's think of like level one, minor anxiety. I get a bit nervous, you know, I've got to do a speech, a bit nervous, a bit nervous. I've got to talk to the team at work, 10 people, a bit nervous. That's anxiety. That's normal. And then we've got level 10, 
and I'm going to say again, not I'm not pretending to be a hero, but I believe I got to level 10 anxiety. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, because I think it's important. And I think, like I said, these are topics that I think we can all relate to in varying degrees. As I said, from scale one to scale 10, it doesn't matter where you are. Like I say all the time, it's not a competition. It's not like who had it worse or what level are you at, mate? It's not about that. It's about we can all relate to that broad term, which is anxiety. And I want to kind of keep it a bit lighthearted, you know, and again, as I said, I'm not a therapist or psychologist or any of the above, so I'm not going to go into real like terminology for you. We're just going to discuss my experience and some some general stuff today that hopefully you might listen and not only learn some stuff, hopefully, but also take something away and be like, wow, that was a, was a big topic, but I'm glad uh, a man is talking about it. And I say, man, again because I'm a man. Um, and I do think we need to talk about this more in the male community, as well as the, the whole community. Because I know I've got most of my listeners are ladies. Shout out to you ladies. I love you all. Appreciate you all. But I hope you'll understand. I love you all too. Of course I do. And I know that you amazing ladies have a lot of challenges yourself, of course. But I do believe that in the male community, God, we need to talk about this more. And I do want to be a beacon of bloody light and hope to these men out there listening sons, brothers, fathers, granddads struggling with this stuff and understand that it's all right. It's all right. It doesn't matter what level you are on the scale. We talked about, you know, there's, there's hope, there's chance, there's potential for, for getting better or dealing with it. As we've talked about in the last episode, no matter how far along the bloody scale you get, like I did level 11, um, you're going to be okay. But also it's going to be great to talk about it a bit more with a bit more of a, you know, an open dialogue to make it a bit cool rather than some scary word that's like oh, anxiety. Don't want to talk about that. Depression. Oh no. Don't want to talk about that. Cause it's, you know, it's deep topics. I get it. And it's, and it's big topics and it's like people just want to brush over it and not, not really want to talk about it. And I get that. And it's okay to not talk about it all the time. Like I often mention, you don't want to be that guy who's always talking about it. Oh God, not Ed again, talking about anxiety and depression. You know, but it's my bloody show. So I'm allowed to talk about it today. Um, and the truth is, I am your classic guy, your classic, who years ago, before I understood that this was even a thing, and I think I touched on this in the last or one of the previous episodes, I used to think, how can you be depressed? Life is so good. What's wrong with you? Just, you know, you know, life's good. Be grateful. You know, how good's your life? Um, you've got so much, you know, you're, you're so fortunate. All these things. And anxiety, I was like, what's that? There's a bit of a buzzword a lot of people talk about. You know, give, give it a break. Um, I used to be that guy. Um, I remember very vividly being part of, I think I was in, the, in a crowd in a rugby game uh, years ago. And uh, an, an athlete had openly spoken about battling with, with uh, mental health, depression and anxiety. And, um, and I remember he'd openly come out in the press or something about how he was struggling with it. And I remember thinking, you know, great lad, what a good man. He's going to help a lot of people. And I remember people in the crowd and I would never do this, but there was a guy behind, I think he dropped the ball or something. He, he, he messed up in the game. He dropped the ball and the crowd went mental, obviously, because it was, you know, I was in the, the area where the, uh, the other team was sitting. 
So they all hated him. I can't remember who it was. I wish I could make the story much better. And this guy got up behind me and he was not very nice. And he was basically berating, I hope that's a word, this guy saying, oh, you know, go back to therapy, mate, with your little depression, you know, you know, have a little cry, mate, with your anxiety condition. And I remember thinking, you bastard, right? Because I think, I can't remember when this was, but I was definitely going through my own challenges. So I definitely was a, further along my journey of going from what's depression, what's anxiety, I don't know what that is, you know, having a bit of a um, poor mindset around it, thinking how can people be that? Again, young and immature, Ed. But I was a little bit further along at this point because I remember feeling empathy and compassion to this guy, thinking, well, hang on a minute, maybe this guy is struggling. And I remember getting really angry at that bloke, thinking, you bastard, how can you say that? You don't know what he's going through. And I also thought the guys often who are most loud about, you know, uh, whiny people, they often have big challenges themselves and they're just projecting it out on them, what they're actually experiencing themselves perhaps. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe that was a judgment I put on that guy, but it certainly made me feel better about myself and about him because I thought, well, I'll feel sorry for that guy. Maybe he's going through some stuff too. But anyway, the reason I share that is because I do think there's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a big topic that that has a bit of a weird connotation to it, where people don't really, people don't really know how to deal with it or how to talk about it or, and I and I'm really proud of that guy, whoever that athlete was, and I'm proud of the the, the new athletes that come out in today's world you know, years later from, from that episode who, who were openly saying, you know, I think there was a guy, again, I can't remember the guy's name, but famous uh, NFL football player, uh, American football. And he, you know, was a stud, a great player, but he came out saying, look, I've been struggling with anxiety and, and depression. And, and again, he got a lot of ridicule. He was smashed by the media saying, oh God, get over yourself, mate. Come on, man up, all this sort of stuff, which we've heard a lot before. And, uh, and again, I was like, good on this bloke. And it's amazing how, for me, I can look at that guy and think, wow, it, it kind of puts a, a brave face to this stuff. And it's because it's like, for me, when, I, when, when you find out that your hero is someone who's overcome something tough, whatever that is, whether it's mental health, physical health, whatever big adversity they've overcome, I actually respect them more. And I think I'm not alone in that. I think most people, if you got people in a line and said, you know, do you respect this person more who's just kind of had it easy, just really talented and never had any struggles that's made it, whatever made it means, but we'll just use the sporting analogy. We'll keep going with that because it's working for now, I hope. Or do you do you admire the person, you know, man or woman, of course, in a, in a sporting field that's overcome some serious adversity, mental health, physical health, family trauma, troubles, whatever. I don't know about you, but I'm always like that one because I can relate to them and I can say, well, that person I look up to is like some superhero. You mean they they didn't always have it easy? They had to work for it. They had some struggles. They overcame some serious adversity. They got to the brink where life was, wasn't even worth living anymore, but now they're here and they're, you know, doing amazingly well in their chosen field, career, but also in life with their relationships, with their with their health, with their just overall life. That to me is inspiring. And um, yeah, although I'm certainly no top NFL football player or amazing rugby player 
like the people I mentioned, I do want to be a little bit of a beacon of hope, like I said. And I always start the podcast with, that's the kind of idea with, with this podcast, with this show, is to share my experiences again um not claim to be anything i'm not just share my experiences my stories in the hope that it can inspire some people or get the conversation going or make people think oh wow i have a different view of anxiety of depression i used to think it was this and now i can see it as this and oh okay maybe i'm you know nowhere near that point of, of sort of severe anxiety but you know i'm going through these little challenges oh and that's normal you mean other people go through that oh okay well now i'm not so fearful around these things and actually that funnily enough is going to help you manage your anxiety which we'll get to in a minute because let's be honest part of the problem especially with the blokes with the men is that you know you're not allowed to talk about it it's not cool and you got to man up toughen up toughen up champ um you'll be right mate that's the aussie slang Ah, but we hear it all the time. And again, I'm not saying uh, there's not a place for that. Sometimes it's like, man, come on, you can do this. You, you, come on, let's go. Fire up. You got this. There is a place for that. But I do think that is a massive problem in just in the overall mental health world. Because as soon as you feel like you can't talk to people about it, for what we've talked about before, because you think you're going to be, you know, people, you're a burden or people won't get it and all these other stuff that we've dived in really in depth in those last episodes. Just being able to say to your mate, I think this would be so powerful. Like, mate, I'm, I'm struggling. I've got this, I've got this, uh, I've got this speech. Oh, I've got to do this thing. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm feeling really anxious about it. Just to be able to share something as simple as that. And I know that's like a very, you know, small uh, example, but I think very common example, or I've got this presentation or I'm really nervous about, it. I've got, I've got to do this thing. Just being able to talk about it, it's going to be very helpful. And they, cause then you might find people that can give you some good, you know, things that will help you deal with it or manage it. And uh, more often than not, you'll do it and you'll think, actually that went really well. I'm glad I did it and all those sorts of things. But if we can't even talk about it on that lower level tier, because that, again, I'm going to use the scale. It just seems easy when I explain it. That's kind of like a level one, two, right? Normal, very common. Everyone experiences that. If we can't talk about it with that stuff, and I get, I'm not telling you to, not, I'm not telling everyone to go and tell everyone their deepest, darkest, deepest, darkest secrets. But just to have the, the conversation, be able to say, yeah, I'm worried. I'm anxious about this. and I'm a bit nervous then if we can't do it with that lower level stuff, how the hell are we going to do it with the deep stuff, with the big stuff, with the heavy stuff? We're not, it was physically near impossible, isn't it? Let's be honest, which is kind of what I touched on on the previous episode. And especially with, like we mentioned with those examples in the sporting world, the more, the more people can share about stuff, the better, I believe fundamentally i believe that's going to be a good thing for the world for other people's mental health for other people's experiences because it's relatable they can relate they can be inspired by someone who's maybe gone through some challenges and then they can look at their journey and say wow they did it i can do it too and as i said i know i'm no um sporting legend or legend at all actually come to think of it i do just want to hope or help and hope that this little platform i have might have some listeners that go wow okay that's all right i can get through that and learn a bit more about this stuff and i think that is a bloody win if we can do that so anxiety <laughs> wow uh what other 31 year old bloke is talking about anxiety on episode three <laughs> phenomenal 
Huge, huge topics. What a podcast. Um, <laughs> so what is anxiety? I've Googled it. Let me just read it with you. Anxiety can be normal in stressful situations. We talked about that. Such as public speaking or taking a test. Brilliant. Anxiety is only an indicator of underlying disease. Not sure I like that word. It's a little aggressive. When feelings become excessive, all-consuming and interfere with daily living. That's it, isn't it? That's just it. We can all relate to that. So if it's so normal and it's so common, why is it? Why has it got such a weird stigma to it? Um, it's weird, isn't it, when you think about it? Because when you read that, you're like, that's so normal. Yeah, we all go through that. But I think that's just the thing, isn't it? And that's something I want to touch on more today is just, well, not the not the sort of general like overview of anxiety and what it is because I mean a lot of you know that a lot of you be thinking yeah Ed, Ed thanks you've taught me absolutely nothing today um I want to go into a bit more of the serious stuff because uh I think that's important so we've got our general anxiety um and then we've got you know we've got things like social anxiety that we're all very aware of where people in varying degrees again struggle with that um and again, I can understand that as well. And then we've got, I mean, things like separation anxiety. I don't know much about that. We're not going to go into that. But again, very common with, with a lot of people. Um, and then you have a form of anxiety, which I now know is anxiety and a severe anxiety disorder. Again, I don't even love that term disorder. Um, but it's a form of anxiety that I experienced firsthand. And... Uh, I didn't even know I was going to share this with you today. I'll be honest. I'm just going with it and hopefully it comes across all right. But it's a form of obsessive compulsive disorder, which is, let me just read the definition for you. Excessive thoughts, obsessions that lead to repeti repetitive behaviors, compulsions. Symptoms may include anxiety, compulsive behavior, and rumination. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hang on a minute. I thought anxiety, I thought uh, obsessive OCD, isn't that just when you're a bit clean, when you have to have the ketchup facing with the label outside in the fridge, or you have to have perfect pillows on the on the couch? That's OCD, isn't it? What's Ed talking about? There's no way he had that. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, because I thought exactly the same thing. Now, the funny thing with OCD as a condition is that I think, talking of a scale, it's very... Uh, it's commonly mis misunderstood. We 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 all do it, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, ooh, my OCD got a bit of OCD. Uh, got to have everything nice and clean in the in the living room. Well, I got Hoover the floor a few times, and look, you're not bloody wrong. That is a form of OCD potentially. But again, using a scale, that's like level one. You know, you got to Hoover your floor you know, make sure the house is clean. That's level one. Level 10 is severe anxiety, severe OCD. And, uh, and it's bloody scary stuff. And so, so you can imagine when my therapist, God bless him, he said to me that I was experiencing that form of anxiety. It was a form of obsessive compulsive disorder and I was like hang on a minute what I was like no it isn't mate I'm proper Shutter Island mental this is not OCD OCD is when I need to clean the house when I need to catch up facing the right way in the fridge and he was like yeah that's what a lot of people think it's not it can also manifest 
in this. And I was like, so when he said that, I was like, well, I know I've got OCD. So this is brilliant. You mean this is all I've got? It was a, it was like a blessing in disguise. I was like, that's fantastic. Because um, if any of my mates listening, they'll know this. I was always, um, I was always definitely a, a bit of a worrier, you know, as a young kid. Um, and I, and I'd often try to think my way out of problems as we now know, not the best thing to do because that can get you in a lot of trouble and uh, OCD as a form of anxiety, um, is definitely a thinking disorder, um, in that you can think so much that it gets you in trouble. And, and that's, and that's exactly what happened with me. And you know, a lot about that in the previous episodes, I shared that with you, but I never shared, you know, what, what form of kind of condition it was, I suppose. Um, and I'm a little nervous about sharing that with you today, to be totally honest with you. But anyway, we're going to go with it because uh, the episode seems to be going well so far. So why stop now? But the funny thing is with me, and I actually want to share a little bit of a light on this as a condition as well, because I, like I said, I think it's really misunderstood. And I think, um, the more people that realize that actually these anxiety conditions can actually go from little bits of worry and little bits of negative thought or, or thought, whatever we want to call it, can actually develop into something pretty, pretty severe and pretty significant, something to, a, you know, something, uh, so severe to a, to a point where you you can't function in daily life and, and that's exactly what i shared with you in the last episode but also where i got to but when when my lovely therapist told me about that i was actually really happy because i was like oh great that's brilliant you mean you know i'm not completely nuts i've, I've just you know had a form of you know severe rumination and 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 compulsions in thought that was my thing um and when I understood that, that's why in the last episode, I talked about wanting to understand my brain more. This was great for me because I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to understand this more. And this is all going to make sense. And it all does make perfect sense to me now. But also, hopefully, some of you might be listening going, well, that actually makes sense as well in your situation. Um, and I was, I was always, a, yeah, like I say, a kid that, that tried to think my way out of things. Um, and there were many situations where, and this stuff I only found out later on, you know, when I went back in to my brain and I went and thought, right, well, how, where did this start? Like, how did this happen? How did this evolve to, to, from me just as a, as a young kid thinking a lot to someone who was in a terribly, terribly dark place, uh, you know, in their late twenties. And I looked back and I thought, yeah, it kind of made sense. And, and again, the thing with OCD as a condition is, like we talked about, it's very, you know, people are like, oh, it's just you're extra clean. And and it absolutely can be that. And again, I'm not here saying, oh, no, your thing isn't as important as, or your thing isn't, you know, your thing isn't important because it's, you know, um, a little form of OCD. No, it's all, like I say, it's all relative and it's all um, individual, um, what people go through. But I do think there's a, with the, the OCD as a, as a condition, it's either cleanliness or people think, Oh, what's that movie called with Jack Nichol? Jack Nicholson, I think that's his name. I always get confused with him and the golfer. Um, you know, where you have to wash your hands a lot or, and again, it can, and, and this can be a form of it as well. I never really had that, had those challenges. Mine was more internal. Mine was more internal rumination of thought. And as we said at the start, 
um, of this section, that is a form of anxiety in a very severe way. Um, but yeah, it was, so that's why I was confused as well when, when my therapist said, yeah, this is what you're going through and this is what you're experiencing. Um, cause I thought, how could that be? No, this is much more severe than that. So I was bloody, bloody pleased. I'll be honest. And that was a real sigh of relief when I figured that out, because then I knew with a bit of understanding, with a bit of awareness, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get bloody healthy again. And it is crazy to think that a condition that we commonly know as uh, something that where people need to wash their hands a lot or be clean or have a clean house can actually manifest. And this was news to me, trust me, in the form that it did for me. It's so severe, so dark, so scary, so uh, lonely. And uh, yeah, to a, to a place of the dark day, which we've talked about, um, which again is another reason why I want to talk about it. Because if there's anyone else out there worrying about something similar, I want you to know you're going to be all right, and you're not Shutter Island mental. You're you're actually just you're actually very normal. You're actually uh, you're actually experiencing something very common with a lot of people, as we've discussed, but just in a in a much uh, more intensive way, in a much deeper way. Um, yeah. So uh, that's one thing I want to just talk about is shine a bit of a light on it as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's amazing how when I looked back, I, I started to realize little things I did as a kid and it all made bloody sense. And I was like, this is this is amazing, really. Um, because like I've talked about before, for me, awareness and un the understanding was so important for my recovery and for my, yeah, recovery, no better word. And... Again, purpose of this show as, as well as hopefully entertaining you and giving you some great stuff as we go on. One of the goals is, is to help people with their understanding and with their awareness for themselves so that then they can go and get the help they need if they need it and then get better for themselves. So, But yeah, I, I looked back and, and there was one thing and one little story I want to share with you. So I love a story um, and it might explain it a little bit, just how it how it evolved for me because... And again, I only found this out years later when I went back in to, to learn and listen and think about it all. When I was really young, I remember every time my parents, God bless them, great parents, they'd go out for a drive. They'd go and drive, you know, like parents do, and they leave you at the house and you're there for an hour. I'd be like, I'd be almost fearful. I'd, I'd want them to be coming back safely, you know? Lovely thought. The intent was nice and kind and sweet. And I want my parents to come back. Just hopefully they do. And I was I'm not a religious kid. I wasn't. Still not really. Spiritual. Spiritual as anything, but not religious. Religious. Um, I'd kind of do like a little prayer for them. I'd say, please bring them back. Please, thank you. And then when they come back, I'd be like, yes, it worked. And I had no idea what that was over time. But when I look back, I was like, wow, that was kind of a, that was kind of a compulsion, wasn't it? That was a thought where I thought... And I was getting a feedback to say when they came back, this thought was was working. So what does that mean? Well, let's do that again. And then the next time they'd leave, oh, come on, please let them come home safely. They'd come back. You're yeah, brilliant. Um, again, more confirmation. Think that. Have those thoughts. Good stuff happens. And then I remember one time, 
and luckily it wasn't a serious accident at all and they were they still are and they were fine but there was one time years later where i found out they'd had a little accident in the car and i was like damn it that was probably my fault i didn't do the bloody little thought of hoping that they come back safely now of course to put that on a young bloke that is pretty serious isn't it and no one should have no one should have to have that carry that burden to say it was your fault if you didn't bloody do your little ritual and and they came back and they had an accident you didn't you didn't control any of that but in my head i believed i did right in a very small level this is just one little example and then i look back i was like that was a compulsion that was a ritual almost i was doing do this have the thought the action is they come home safely in your mind good do that again because it works um and it's amazing when you think about it like that. And, and that was just one little thing because then I was like, wow, I can see how that then evolved to other thoughts, you know, going on as, you know, controlling this or having the thought that I'll control that this outcome will go well. And then if it does, brilliant, life's good. And if it doesn't, wow, I didn't do something right. So some, so again, anxiety at its, at its bloody, I was about to say best, and it's worse um, and most powerful. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting when you think about it all. And I look back. Because ultimately, a lot of it's about control. And this is what I found out later, you know, controlling a thought, you know, and again, a very common thing with this form of uh, anxiety as well. And not, I didn't have this so much. I'm um, sure I had it in little bits. Controlling... Yeah, a common one. I think a lot of you have probably heard, um, you know, when people will check the door, for example, um, and they might be out in the car, right? And then a person will have a, a compulsion to, shit, if I've, what if I've left the door open? What if I've left the oven on? Right, that's a real common one. Once I was doing my research. What if I left the oven? Oh, I better go back. And they might be 10 minutes down the road. No, no, I've got to go back. And then they'll go into the house. Oh, door was locked. Oven was off. Not a problem can go about we can go about my day now like that's a really common um thought pattern or, or compulsion um with someone with ocd but what but what is that it's control isn't it it's it's thinking about something whereas a lot of people will have the thought of uh oh maybe i you know maybe i left that door open or others on some people will go i know i didn't definitely turned it off onto the next that's like how a quote unquote normal brain would work in and out but an, an ocd brain will go gotta check because it will it will ruin their day they'll think my god what if bloody fire starts burns down the whole building and that's where the brain goes so they go back they check and then awesome it's all fine they can get about their day um so that's just another little example just to show how it, it's kind of a control thing in my experience you can control a certain situation, outcome, good or bad, by a thought or by an action, which is very common as well. Um, but me, it was a lot more to do with thought, as I said, internal rumination. Um, and I'm pretty sure that this is very common in in sort of performers, like athletes, because it, I think it's very similar to a ritual, a, a routine, you know, or how many people do we know about that have lucky socks or lucky pants? Um, you know, and I think that is a form of that, you know, they, it's like a ritual. I have this thing and it's whether I put my left sock on first before my right. And if I do that in the past, 
my outcome's been really good. And the one day I didn't play well was the day I didn't do that. So therefore, I'm going to go back to that. That, to me, in my mind, is a form of compulsion, is a form of, um, yeah, controlling an outcome. And I'm sure that, you know, some of the greats, I actually do believe that, that, that if you've got a bit of this in a minor form, obviously not to the level where it ruins your life, but it's actually a positive thing. You know, you're a bit obsessive about your performance. Um, you know, like I'm sure Johnny Wilkinson, God bless you if you're listening, Johnny. Shout out to you. I'm sure he had a bit of, I've read his book years ago. I'm sure maybe he had a little form of this, but you know, someone that goes out and, and has such a disciplined routine and ritual around kicking for him, it was goal kicking. You know, he couldn't leave. He couldn't go to dinner until he kicked a hundred goals from each position. Just as an example, I'm not sure of the exact story. I can't remember it. It was a long time ago. I read his book, but that's definitely a form of, obsession you know isn't it let's be honest i've got i've got to do these amount of kicks got to score them get them through the bloody goalposts and if i do i feel good i can go away and i can perform well on the weekend and if i don't i have to stay there till i get them done again i'm not saying i understand johnny's brain i don't i'm not saying i know exactly what he was going through i don't and it's just an example maybe he didn't even have that but i'm telling you there's a form of it in a, in, in a lot of performers and this is my point a lot of a little bit of it, it's not a bad thing um wanting to practice a lot wanting to go to the next level to push yourself so much so you can be better um and if you have a good little routine or ritual it makes you feel psychologically better to go and play your sport or to go and do your speech or whatever it is that's a great thing but i think it can it's a fine line between doing that and getting to a point where actually this is very severe and I can't live my life anymore. It's affected me that much. And I share that all with you because as this is a condition and anxieties, which is what we're kind of talking about today, as a condition, there's there's so many levels in there. And, it, and it's something that we can probably all relate to in the sense that we've all maybe had a thought similar to that, or we've all um, had some form of little routine or ritual or but again it, it's like it's varying degrees and I think the the yeah the main part of me kind of sharing that stuff is that one it was so interesting for me to, to find out that that was actually a thing um and it was more than just washing hands and being clean um it can it, it can be very different, many different forms, and I think something that, like I say, most of us, if not all, experience some form of this anxiety as a as a bracket condition. Um, but yeah, fascinating stuff. And there are other times I can remember being in the gym, and I still I still have this sometimes today. But then I remind myself, stop it, you know better than that, mate, stop it. But I'll be on the air dine, right? That brutal bit of machinery in the gym. Um, it's like a bike, really, really nasty. And I'll be like, right, keep the, uh, the Watts above this level for a certain amount of time. If I'm doing some sort of hit exercise at the end of at the end of the weights and, uh, and a tiny little thought coming and say, if you don't keep it up, if you keep it above good things will happen and good. What can that, that can mean? Anything you'll get a sweet, sexy rig. Hopefully that's the plan, but a bit equally little thought coming in. oh shit something bad might happen if you don't keep it ridiculous i know a lot of you are thinking what this guy's nuts just it's just the truth and i share that again because it's like and now i can laugh and say thank you thank you brain i know what you're doing not today but i share that with you because again a little bit of that competition obsessive like 
hard work, work ethic, push yourself, it's great. But not to a point where, yeah, it's gone past the the point of, yeah, this isn't like helpful anymore. This is actually really detrimental to my health, mental and physical. So no matter what way we kind of look at it and we tie it all together, I think anxiety is a form of future projecting, isn't it? And something bad might be happening. I mean, in all degrees, on all parts of the scale, if we're really honest, you know, the fear of the speech, that's the fear of the anxiety around shit. What if I mess it up? What if I'm an absolute, everyone laughs at me and it's the worst speech ever. And then also, so it's it's worrying about the future, fearful of what might happen. Um, and then you get to the extreme level of, well, what might happen if um, I don't carry out this compulsion, this thought, something bad might happen. So you can see how it's all the same stuff. And I think we all fundamentally know this, like when we talk about anxiety, that's kind of what it is. It's worrying about a future that hasn't bloody happened yet and it, how it might not be very nice or might not be very pleasant. And I realize I haven't talked much about depression in this episode and I started by saying we'll talk about anxiety and depression I think they do sometimes go hand in hand um like for me I wouldn't necessarily say I was depressed quote unquote for all those years because I still somehow managed to live a good life um obviously it was much harder towards the dark day which we've talked about but my my condition was definitely severe anxiety to a point where yeah it was very scary I didn't understand what was going on you know to a point where I was like as you know as I said in the last episode very scary and I think maybe I was a little depressed you know each day because I was like well this is pretty hard to go on and enjoy my life but and again I'm not going to talk about depression as a as a condition because solely as a condition i.e you know, some, someone who is depressed. Cause I, I actually, I, something I actually can't really relate to. I mean, yes, I had, um, or sorry, I can relate to it, but I can't really share that because that's not really my story, but I definitely can understand how people can be in a position where they don't want to leave their room. They don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to do these things. And, and I understand that. Um, and there were definitely moments where I was like, before the dark day, I was like, how, how, you know, when you lose hope, I'd argue that's a form of depression because you're like, well, there's no hope for a good life. So that's pretty serious. So I can definitely understand that. But um, as I say, I want to share more of my story. And my main thing was around an anxiety condition. But depression as a as a topic is, I mean, it's so real and intense as well um and just you know bringing it all sort of together today i i just wanted to talk a little bit about it share a bit more of my story as i said at the start take you on that journey and that kind of was the next path on my journey was finding out a bit more about my brain and what what was going on and as i've said many times that was actually really empowering for me um and I can actually openly talk about this down with you today. Um, and I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> of course there was. I mean, that was brilliant. You can't write that. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> of course there is. Because there's a little fear of like, oh shit, what if everyone knows about my, my 
deepest, darkest secrets. Um, but I've told you more than bloody most people, I'll be honest. So why stop now? But no, there's, there is a bit of a feeling of like, whoa, you know, I hope that, I hope that comes across okay in the right way because, you know, like I say, I wanted to just share a bit more of my story. That was the next thing after therapy. I found that out. And I, and like I've said, the realization of I'm going to understand this and this is okay. And this is actually normal. Like we've said before, there's so many varying degrees of this stuff, such a big scale. And I just happened to push myself over to the far, far, far end of it. Um, and when I understood that, I was like, okay, well, that means I can bring it back and be you know, healthy and happy somewhere in the middle um, where most happy people are living. Um, and also I can really see things differently now where I can understand that, you know, before a, an important speech or a presentation or something, I, you know, the nerves are there, it's normal, um, but it's not going to affect my life, you know, and I'm going to do my best. Um, and that's great too. But equally, I, I believe I won't get to a position where I went to before because, again, I understand so much more. I know, I understand my thoughts, my brain so much more. So so I'm not going to get there again. I won't let myself um, because I know how to deal with it. I know how to manage it. Um, I know, as I touched on with the therapy a little bit last episode, you know, I know not to fuse with my thoughts. I know not to do those compulsions because I know if I'm diving into a thought, and don't get me wrong, I still struggle with this sometimes. It's certainly not easy and it takes daily work. Um, you know, now, even now, but I say even now, of course now, like, but you know, it, it's daily work is what I'm trying to say. But I know, I know now that if I'm going down that road, I, I can almost, yeah, diffuse the thought the compulsion and let it go and again i've learned so much of that through meditation through mindfulness practices through all these things that we're going to share about in later episodes and we touched on a little bit in the last one but i never had i never have experienced that i never would have understood that and under and realized that actually that's the best way to to deal with a healthy mind um so it's been a, it's been a blessing um and it's just been eye-opening and for me to realize that I wasn't alone and I, I was experiencing something that's so common but it's just in a in a yeah in a, in a much more serious way um and I wanted to share that with you because yeah it's bloody talk therapy for me so thanks for listening but also to anyone out there listening who's thinking you're going through some serious stuff you're having real severe anxiety challenges you're maybe experiencing depression at the moment you're having some things going on that you don't really know you can't really explain as i've said so many times um i want this to just give you a bit of hope inspire you a little bit to know that um like i said at the start of the episode sometimes the the people you look up to the most are people that have gone through some really challenging difficult dark moments and they've come out the other side stronger and better because of it and you might be listening to this today going through something and you can be that own your own inspiration listening to this you can think you know what i'm going through this but i'm gonna get through it i'm gonna learn more about it i'm gonna understand more i'm gonna realize that i'm not alone and that i can talk about this more because i listen to ed's podcast and he talks about it so i'm going to go and talk to my mates about it or my brother or my family or my partner or whatever you're going to go and you'll be able to do that and that's great for me and uh as i say i want this to just be 
us to talk about some of the deep stuff with a bit more of a an open art and an open mind um because it's stuff we all deal with and if it's so common i believe we should be able to talk about it more and i really believe that if we can talk about these things more and share more of our own experiences and more of our own stories and connect with each other more and have people listen to you and you listen to them and go wow i really relate to you and your story that's amazing and if that inspires you gives you hope it's only, it can only make the world a better place so that's just what i'm trying to do so anxiety and depression completed covered it today in 50 minutes <laughs> brilliant um no but joking aside i really hope you enjoyed the episode um, I hope you learned something from it and we're going to teach you more about it as we go. Um, I hope you learned something. I hope it opened your eyes. I hope it inspired you a little bit. I hope it gave you a bit of hope. And uh, as I always say, if you feel like this episode could help someone, share it with them. That's all I ask. You share it with people you love and people you care about and people you think it could help. And then also rate and review five stars and a great review because I need more reviews to get rid of that Eddie Armstrong one. I need to push that right the way down so no one sees it. Anyway, love you guys. We'll uh, talk to you on the next one. Much love. Thank you so much for joining me on that episode. I am so grateful that you would spend that amount of time with me out of your day. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it helped you and I look forward to talking with you again on the next episode.